What's up everyone? So you wanna know how you can boost your immune system to help battle the COVID-19 disease or the SARS-CoV-2 virus or the coronavirus, whatever you wanna call it. Well, in today's show, we're gonna be talking about the uh, research that has gone into uh, showing that there are a couple of vitamins that you can take. There's a couple of things that you can do that are going to improve your chance of fighting off the coronavirus or the COVID-19. So let's uh, let's take a deep dive into that. And this is a really important show to watch because we all want to be healthy. We all want to beat this thing. It is a pandemic that's going on around the world. And we need to uh, do the, the best that we can for ourselves to make sure that if we get it, um, and it looks like we are going to get it because it looks like they're going for this herd immunity thing eventually, um, we need to be able to fight it off. So stick around and uh, get ready for some knowledge bombs. Hey everyone, in case we haven't met, my name's Rad Burmeister. I'm one of the co-founders of Unity Gym. That's my brother, Yanni Burmeister. We are the co-founders of Unity Gym and the UMS, the Unify Movement System, where we turn driven people into superhumans. And the way we get such astonishing results with our members is that we've created a program that has a balance between strength and flexibility. If you want to know how we do it, download one of the free blueprints, the Strength Blueprint, Flexibility Blueprint, or Nutrition Blueprint. There's a link in the description of this video. And if you're watching on YouTube, jump on over to our private Facebook group called the UMS Movement Mastermind. That's where these shows go live and we answer questions and have a little bit of a interaction there. So uh, yeah, Yanni, take it away, man. You've got some stuff to... Yeah, first here. of all, I want to know who's on the live stream. We've got eight people watching live at the moment. Uh, I know Steve Cavan is there and he's saying, wow, I never knew that the shoulder scapular exercises could be so hard and tiring. Um, scapular control and scapular strength, is, straight arm scapular strength is um, is a beast when you first start to un unravel it and, it and sure work on is. it. Uh, and so, yeah, good on you for giving it a crack. I still find it very difficult, and um, uh, I know Rad and Richard do too. And it is the gateway to, you know, most of the calisthenics movements. Uh, so it's certainly something that you want to prioritize at least once, if not twice a week. Today, we're going to be talking about um, uh, vitamins. Well, um, one uh, one vitamin, which is actually not just a vitamin, uh, it's vitamin D. It plays a large role in how the body sort of encodes protein. And um, that's why it uh, has been identified as a um, quite a critical player in the prevention or so, the reduction risk. in risk of um, okay, sort of like long-term damage to the lungs. And so it's something that we thought we'd share. Initially, I was just sharing this with my family and then um, and then we were gonna do a bit of a live stream to the gym family and our online um, uh, subscription. And then we thought, no, we'll do it to this group because we can sort of get the information out. Now, full disclaimer, Norad or I are nutrition scientists or medical doctors, we do our own research and I highly recommend that you all do the same thing. You can um, get hold of exactly what I'm looking at here. Uh, we like a nice dulled down version of the science because we are not scientists ourselves and um, the science fraternity, they like to speak in big words and uh, ways that um, the layman often won't understand. 
I've got a lot of mentors and a lot of friends who are, are phenomenal uh, at deciphering this sort of stuff. And uh, one of those is um, uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She has a brilliant um, podcast and blog called Found My Fitness. You can find her on the easiest way, I think, is her YouTube channel. Um, and if you do, uh, subscribe to her newsletter. She's got a paid Inner Circle newsletter, which is only it's only like 10 bucks a month um, uh, US, uh, and it supports her channel. But um, she's decided to make the content that she usually charges um, available to everyone right now because of the importance and the amount that you know the myriad of bullshit that's circulating about uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus and um, uh, she wants to sort of educate people and uh, her team and her colleagues and her circle of influence are very much up to date with that research so that's who I've chosen to follow through this because it's very hard when you're looking at the news and there's conflicting information on social media and we all know that Facebook is not always the best place to get. It can be good if you choose a few select people to follow um, like um, Rhonda Patrick's on Twitter and, uh, and social media as well but you just got to be careful who you follow and where the information comes from because we often get really caught up in bad information. So what I want to do is just read a couple of the um, uh, paragraphs here and then we can discuss it. Um, first and foremost, uh, the, it's, a, it's, it's really important to understand that vi um, uh, vitamin D is not just a, vi a vitamin, it's a steroid hormone. And that sort of what she says here underscores its importance and its role um, in, in protein encoding. For those of you who don't know, pretty much everything you see and touch is made of different types of protein molecules. And if you didn't know, all hormones in the body are either a steroid or a polypeptide, every single hormone. That's right. So it yep. just, it's just the one of the two categories. Yeah, yep. that's right. So when you hear that uh, it's a steroid hormone, um, it, it, pretty much every, every hormone in the body is, or a large majority of them are steroid hormones. Um, now, uh, the under, what, what's really important to understand is that the vitamin D seems to play a large role in what's called the ACE2 um, angiotensin converting enzyme. Uh, and that is the same um, enzyme that seems to become um, problematic and deformed when the SARS-CoV-2 virus infects you. Now, remember that we're talking with limited information. We're not, we're not talking as medical doctors. I'm just literally regurgitating what I read here. But what I have deciphered from this is that uh, it is very, very important that we have um, uh, optimal vitamin D levels going into this virus. Um, in the event that you get the virus, it attacks this area of the body and it seems to infiltrate through this um, uh, enzyme called ACE2 and uh, deforms it. And then you can get, you can end up with quite, um, uh, quite bad damage to the lungs. And so this is why we're, we're saying that it's a, you know, it's really important to strengthen cardiovascular health and all that. That's all really important. And, um, but we want to try and do everything we can, right? What Rad said at the start of this is true. Um, in, in, to date, as far as I'm concerned, uh, as far as I can see, and I've, I've, I've spent a few nights re reading up on, on research so far on this, 
um, human in human history, we've never come up with a um, an anti vaccine for a, dise- a disease or a virus that attacks the lungs like this. So, uh, and there have been many before. Um, uh, we had another SARS um, uh, virus a few years ago that. Um, was pretty bad as well, and it just disappeared on its own accord. We didn't come up with a vaccine for it. So, you know, you, we have to we have to assume that there is a chance that we're not going to come up with a successful vaccine. We might get a vaccine, but it may not be very effective, and that's what a lot of medical doctors are starting to realise, and that means that the only thing that will... Uh, essentially work for this is um, is herd immunity you know and uh, and that means that a lot of people a lot more people are going to get it they're going to stagger how, how many people are getting it so that the healthcare system can cope with it um, but um, I, if I was you and I, I, this is this is why we're doing this show uh, I want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to prevent ourselves from getting severe a severe case of the coronavirus and if I was you guys I would want to do the same thing so um, first and foremost, go out and get yourself some vitamin D. Uh, what that's going to do is it's going to help affect um, the susceptibility of COVID-19 associated lung injury. Uh, optimize your levels. Now, there are a couple of key factors that we need to take into consideration when you're um, uh, um, getting vitamin D. First and foremost, and I'll let Rad, because I want him to contribute to this as well. And seeing though we can just read it off here, he may as well do it. Um, Yay, I'm contributing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Let's just tell people how vitamin D, because we had a really good question come in yesterday when we we mentioned this. Was it yesterday or the day before when we mentioned that we're going to talk about this? One of our inner circle or our um, members of the group asked how we can get vitamin D from food and other um, sources. So let's just talk about what happens, where vitamin D comes from, because the majority of it comes from exposure to um, ultraviolet light. So um, my understanding of vitamin D is that your body produces it as a response to to sunlight. Read this verbatim so that you're, so it's not just me that's talking. And so start at the bottom, the last paragraph, and then over to the next paragraph. It's quite short. Yeah, Yeah, start there. The first thing to know about vitamin D is that it is not just a vitamin. It's a steroid hormone. Underscoring its importance, it actually regulates more than 5% of the protein encoding genome. Somewhat alarmingly, this is actually another way of saying that possibly as much as 70% of people, which is the percentage of people in the United States that have a vitamin D status that the endocrine society refers to as insufficient, may be experiencing at least partial dysregulation in up to 5% of their protein encoding genome. At the very least, it's almost certainly the case among the 30% that fully qualifies as vitamin D deficient are. You can obtain small quantities of vitamin D in food, but your primary source is a stepwise process that starts in your skin following exposure to ultraviolet light and continues in your liver and kidneys where the vitamin's active form is made. So the body makes its own vitamin D. Since ultraviolet light is required for vitamin D synthesis, reduced exposure to the sun or having dark colored skin impairs vitamin D production. 
Older adults whose skin isn't as efficient at producing vitamin D and obese people whose excess fat stores sequester the vitamin are also more likely to be deficient. So very quickly, um, uh, foods, to answer the question about foods that you can get a lot of vitamin D, the, the majority of vitamin D comes from fatty fish and eggs. Those are the best foods to eat for vitamin D. But yeah, you get a, well. a very small amount of vitamin D from food. The vast majority of it is produced um, by this system that starts from exposure to ultraviolet light and it comes from the skin. Now, the big problem and the big concern is t- twofold. People with very tanned olive or dark skin produce far less vitamin D than someone with uh, lighter skin because of the reaction to the ultraviolet light. People with um, uh, dark skin don't react as much to the light, which is great because they don't get sunburnt as much, but they also don't produce as much vitamin D. The second factor to take into consideration is that um, people that are overweight or obese need more, they, um, uh, their, their excess fat cells actually absorb the vitamin D. Uh, so you, it doesn't get to where it needs to go. So if you're, if you're carrying a bit of excess weight or you're um, obese, then you absolutely must be supplementing vitamin D. And it's important to, um, you know, to maybe get a test, get a blood test, get pathology done to see where you stand on that. Um, but there's a, um, pass me back the, the studies there. If we go down a little bit deeper here, um, I just quickly will find, okay, here you go. So the nutrition board um, of the Institute of Medicine conservatively set the tolerable upper intake of vitamin D at a level of around 4,000 IUs per day, including safe, and this is including um, being safe, considered safe for pregnant and lactating women, which suggested it is generally thought that at that dose, toxicity is extremely unlikely. The reason why I say that is because vitamin D is one of the vitamins uh, that accumulates in the body and it can become toxic if you have too much of it just like zinc and a few others um, but that does, that shouldn't turn you off you know if you you can take up to 4,000 I use per day so just check whatever supplement you do grab and um, and take the dose accordingly this is good to know because while that dose is on the upper end by the standard of tolerable upper intake it has been demonstrated across multiple studies to improve vitamin D blood status in otherwise deficient individuals Uh, So what she's sort of concluding here is we believe now more than ever that it is crucially important for everyone to have access to accurate information um, uh, to to be getting enough vitamin D. And, um, you know, you want to get that through um, as much as you can through natural exposure to sun and, and, and healthy foods. But for those of you who are just coming out of winter, so that's everyone in America and England, you're going to certainly be vitamin D deficient. I can confidently, unless you've been supplementing it, you'll be vitamin D deficient. Unless you live in Florida or down in the southern states of America. Yeah, where it's constantly summer. Um, But um, even still, like bar going and getting a test done, like given the given the research that's coming out, I'd be looking at supplementing it. I certainly am. I'm not going to go get a blood test before I go and start supplementing vitamin D, yep. based on what I've read. Yep. And um, 
Uh, I would, yeah, I would be getting onto this as soon as possible. You know, if you're a vegetarian as well and you don't eat fish, you're not a pescatorian or whatever they're called. Is that what it's called? I pescatarian. Think it's called, uh, yeah. um, then, you know, you, and you're obviously not getting, um, if you're a vegan and you're not eating eggs, then you're certainly going to need to consider supplementing vitamin D. Um, you don't get a lot of it from fruits and vegetables. It's yep. minuscule what you can get. Steve Cavanaugh is saying, my understanding is that since the Slip Slop Slap campaign are good in itself, uh, there has been a big increase in vitamin D deficiency in Australia, a bit of a catch-22 for us. Yeah, that, that makes sense she, to me. She actually addresses that, that in, in the research yeah, here as well. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, Steve. And um, when you actually start to understand the ultraviolet light and the way it affects our body, it's it's not the UVAB's uh, rays that we need to worry about. It's the UVB re- rays bleh, yep. that we need to worry about. And they actually are affected by refraction, which means it's, it's in the sa- refraction. The best way you can understand refraction is when you look into clear water and what you actually see is not exactly where it is because the light refracts when it, hears the, the, when it hits the water and it makes it look like something's in a different spot. So we've all experienced where you, you look like you go to grab something and then you realize, oh, it's actually over there. So the, um, the Earth's atmosphere refracts the UVB light, which means that um, earlier in the morning and later in the evening, there's very little of the UVBs that get through. So I, I think this has changed over the years. In Australia, they used to say before 10 and after 2, you were fine. They've, they've moved that back now. I'm pretty sure they now say before 9 and after 4. Um, but the, the percentage of UV, and, and don't quote me on this, I'm, I, I'm, I'm getting all of this as secondhand info from a friend of mine that's really done his research, Aaron McKenzie. Um, but I remember he was saying that before 9 a.m. and after 4 p.m. in Australia, the percentage of UVB rays is like less than 10% or less than 5% than what it is like around the midday period, which is when most people are at the beach, which means you can spend about an hour in the sun at those times. Like you could go from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. or from 4.30 to 5.30 and, it, and you'll almost get none of the damage of the damaging effects of the UVB rays, but you'll get all of the beneficial effects um, that we're looking for here of the vitamin D uh, yep. development. So Steve, that's a really good way um, that you can go about this. And, and personally, I've been adopting that approach for a long time. If I'm in the sun, you know, from sort of 9.30 until about 3.30 or 4, I will wear sunscreen and um, because I don't want to get skin cancer and I've got moles and stuff on my body. And uh, but I, I try to go to the beach at least once a week or so or get out in the sun in that period of time where the refraction is is not going to damage my skin and I won't wear sunscreen. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, it. Look, it's a it's a it, these are all really valid points and we need to we need to make sure that we're getting out and getting some sun exposure. I would be recommending that everybody supplement uh, vitamin D. The only other supplements that I would bother with um, for for this specific topic for health, for immunity, um, zinc is one of the only supplements known to boost your tolerance to um, uh, like immune, immune tolerance and things like that. So we supplement zinc. I supplement zinc for other reasons too. It, it, it also ha- um, helps to boost um, the male hormone 
hormones. Uh, it, 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 so, you know, it works for libido, it works for um, all sorts of different things. Um, and also vitamin C. And there's a little bit, I, I pulled out a little bit of research on vitamin C here. Can I just say real quick, just before we get off vitamin D, Mike um, Skolnick is saying fortified plant milks are a great way to get vitamin D um, for vegos. Mike is a vegan. So I haven't looked into that, Mike, but thanks for um, uh, dropping that in, bro. Um, hopefully some of the vegans um, watching can maybe benefit from that. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, t- sh- they talk about... Um, you know, there's so, like even orange juice and a few things are getting fortified with vitamin B. I just ran a, a, a scholarly Google search here and uh, it comes up with the, there is fortified foods. Mushrooms seem to be the only decent uh, vegetable that are giving a reasonable level. Cheeses have vitamin D, beef liver, that doesn't help the, um, the uh, vegans. But yeah, it's mostly like there's dairy products, orange juice, soy milk, and, 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 and some cereals, but I wouldn't recommend eating cereals because they're too highly processed anyway. Yeah, look, if you can't get it through fatty fish, um, it seems like salmon, mackerel, and tuna are the best uh, options. Uh, herring is really good. Sardines are amazing. Um, but this is, again, this is why supplementation comes in because if, you're, right. if you are a, um, a vegan, um, at least for what I've learned about vegans, um, the people that are really doing it well are supplementing. Um, yeah. So you have I th- to. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really important part of your um, uh, of your health. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, let's get on to vitamin C while we've still got yeah, time. Yeah, vitamin C is basically good for immune boosting all over the place, and um, and so uh, she sort of talks about here. She did a big scope, and I've got another friend, Dr. Ross Walker, who's a, a practicing cardiologist in Australia, who has been banging the D and C an e-drum and, uh, for quite some time. And um, I do believe that vitamin C is really important as well. But what she's, da- what she's talked about here is that there is a lot of research, and she's listed a lot of it here. Vitamin C reduces C-reactive protein among some groups of people. Vitamin C reduces the duration and mechanical ventilation of critically ill patients. Uh, vitamin C doses, um, large doses of vitamin C, up to eight grams per day might reduce the duration of common cold. Uh, and there's a bunch of studies linked for that. Treatment with um, intravenous vitamin C reduces death rates in patients with sepsis and severe acute respiratory failure. It's not going to help us because we're not going introge- uh, to inject it. Some COVID-19 patients report loss of smell and taste, potentially signaling SARS-CoV-2 infiltration of the central nervous system. And there is... Um, uh, there is a lot of stuff that vitamin C seems to help with that. So uh, she's listed a bunch of studies here. I'm not going to go through them all, but that is another supplement that I would recommend you guys jump onto. Um, I would also, I'm just saying, it says here up to eight grams per day um, seems to be really effective with um, upper respiratory infection and um, uh, coughs, colds, and flus. So. It's another. It's another good one to to take into consideration. I won't go. Th- I won't go too deep into this. I so really eight grams is that eight thousand milligrams? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of vitamin C. So that's eight of those uh, high strength vitamin C tablets. So at least in Australia, the high strength vitamin C tablets are a thousand milligrams each. So you'd be looking at having you know uh, four in the evening, four in the morning, and four in the evening. I guess. Yeah, that's right. The the thing that I want to. Um, 
uh, the study that I want to highlight here, which I was just looking for, but I, it's on the last page, um, which I found really interesting, is that vitamin C deficiency impairs fatty acid oxidization, meaning burning fat during exercise. And they, uh, sh like they've gone through and they, di they did a bunch of studies on this, but what they've concluded is that um, a lot of pe a lot of overweight people are vitamin C deficient, and they believe that it may be contra a contributing factor to people who exercise but still can't lose weight. Wow! So something to consider for those of you out there who are trying to lose a bit of weight. Take a look at that research, and if it's enough to get you going, then get supplementing vitamin C as well. Yeah, but yeah. there's so there's three that I, that we've recommended today: vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc. Um, Considering the severity of what's going on with this virus around the world, it like it's it's kind of like a what's really going to go wrong if you start supplementing this stuff, you know? So you may as well do it. Well, people are afraid of the financial, um, uh, you know, it costs well, money, yeah. costs I mean, money to go out and buy the vitamins, you yeah, know. And that's fair enough. I, I I get that. Yeah, and then there's a lot of like conflicting information. A lot of doctors say that all vitamin all vitamins do is give you expensive urine. Uh, and, and but and blood, but I I've, I just don't know whether that's like right. Look, I, this is the thing. That's something I'm willing to gamble. This is the thing. You've got to choose carefully who you listen to, because you know there's people out there now. I um I really I have a criterion of uh, even if they're medical doctors, I have a criterion of whether I will listen to them. And one of the first and foremost is what does the person actually look like? That's the first thing for me. Like if a doctor doesn't look fit and healthy and hasn't been able to display that they can create a healthy body in themselves, their yeah. health, right, you know, tell me what I've got for the reason I went to see you and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't care about that's your exactly advice. That's exactly right. I, the people yeah. that I follow to this depth, they've got to re represent health as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm sorry, there's going to be people out there that are offended. There's a lot of fat doctors. But um, uh, I just think if you're going to go and get health advice, you know, you, you wouldn't get financial advice from a broke person. I don't get health advice from a, from an unhealthy person. Yeah. You know, it yeah. just doesn't make sense to yeah. me. All the so that's my first first criterion with with people and I've, I've found often that the people that smash taking vitamin supplements are not very healthy people themselves you know yeah. um, and there, of course there's going to be uh, there's going to be um, uh, uh, what do you call it um, exceptions exceptions to that but anyway that's just my personal opinion I cannot find uh, Adam here is saying I cannot find a high quality zinc supplement you think a mushroom type pill is a good replacement a mushroom type pill for zinc. Um, mm, I don't know. Uh, We'd have to say no. We don't yeah, really know. Why I, can't you find? Yeah, why a can't you good find a good quality zinc? There's an abundance of them on the market. I don't know where your yeah what your criterion is for selecting that, um, Adam. I'm not sure. Give us some more information. Um, uh, that's pretty much it. Is is if there's any? There's no other questions coming through here quickly having a look tuesday's workout was insane thank you guys you're welcome everyone's just Adam. talking about the workout yeah lee, lee clemens good to see that you enjoyed the shoulder conditioning for that workout it's going to be a really good program this uh this next phase the you know for those of you that are joining in with us 
you're seeing how periodization works and and it really works i've come back stronger from this deload week i did a you know a good workout yesterday and on monday and i could really feel that my strength has improved from this uh, mesocycle so looking yeah. forward to the next uh, I'll, uh, I'll jump over and grab a link for the found my fitness um, podcast on YouTube and uh, that's a great way to sort of um, get to know Dr. Rhonda Patrick she interviews people every week amazing people in the medical uh, any any in the health and space um, um, in general uh, and um, if you go into the, disc- the, the the channel description about um, section of her channel, there's an, uh, a link there to be able to subscribe to her newsletter. And um, yeah, I strongly recommend you guys align yourselves with people who are in the know on these topics. Don't get your news uh, and information from Facebook <laughs> because there's a lot of shit out there that's going around that's just completely wrong. Uh, and um Make sure that you follow credible credible people, you know, align yourself with credible people. Yep. And Dr. Rhonda Patrick is certainly one of those. Yep. Adam's saying it's sold out in Whole Foods and that's where I buy my supplements. Some people tell me mushrooms are very good for your immune. I, I'm, I've never heard that, bro, but I mean... All mushrooms I can... have high vitamin B in them. That's why they're considered good for your good immune for, system. Yeah, good but for vitamin B, yeah. here's the thing, guys. Vitamin B is produced in the body based on certain criteria and to my knowledge, you cannot absorb it efficiently through your digestive tract. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, why and I that's bite. come from a very, very reputable source. Yeah. Uh, you need to take if you're deficient in vitamin B. If your body well, that's is vitamin B12, B12, not, not yeah. all vitamin Bs, but yeah. vitamin B12 isn't absorbed efficiently enough and through the, the digestive system. One. Yeah, um, that you ha- actually have to have it as an intramuscular injection, and yeah. we've got that on a very good authority. One of the one of the leading um, cardiologists in the world. Um, which is why whenever we're deficient in vitamin, well, um, whenever we feel run down, it's a and where we have a really long days and we're feeling stressed, that's a sign that you're deficient. That those are all the reasons why you could be deficient in vitamin B12. So without getting tested, we just um, have a, a series of um, uh, vitamin B12 shots over three weeks. Yeah. Um, so Adam, all I can say is we're in, in Australia. Um, what, what, all hey, of, sorry, sorry. I, I just want to say something because there, I think there is a big misunderstanding of the way vitamins are produced in the body and it's really important that you understand this your body is a is a, a, a it's like a pharmacy it produces everything it needs okay and it, given the right um the right sustenance the right amount of reco- like sleep is an essential component of this so if you guys people say oh, i don't want to take nutrition supplements because of a b c and d let's take a look at this if you're overweight you're not producing vitamins efficiently. And I'm talking like an unhealthy body composition, anything above 22 or 24% body fat, and you're not producing vitamins as efficiently as Rad or myself. For okay, a man, or, or right? Richard. So, for a, so for a, No, I'd say over 20% for a man is certainly considered overweight. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And over 22 to 24% for a woman. And yeah. your, your body's ability to produce these minerals is severely hampered because a lot of it gets soaked up into your ex- excess fat cells as it gets produced so it doesn't get to where it needs to go okay it, it literally leaches into that uh, into those fat cells second is if you've got an unhealthy or any any type of compromised gut um, digestive tract you're no longer able to get extract what you need out of the foods that you're putting in there and you're no longer able to produce efficiently okay? which almost everyone has which, and, yeah, unless, exactly. unless you've actively spent about six months um, trying to repair your gut and you live in the western world then yeah, and you've you, never 
never excessively consumed alcohol, dr- you've, any you've, drugs, you've any never, the moment you've consumed recreational gr- drugs or antibiotics, you've you've, you've dropped Trashed a nuclear bomb system, into yeah. your into your um, digestive tract, you know, yeah. uh, and and so you rule out half the world's population there, basically, you know. And then on top of all of that, if you're not out getting lots of healthy, if you spend more than like 20, uh, more than I'd say 20% of your day indoors, you're not getting enough healthy sunlight so that you're now not producing and synthesizing proteins and and getting your nutrients enough, you know. Um, And so all these factors start to come into it. And people that are against taking supplements, you know, you you need to be like living in a utopian lifestyle world to be doing everything efficiently and effectively in today's Mm. modern society because we're not working out in the fields anymore. We're not getting much exercise. Exercise plays a key role in all of this as well. Uh, And our food and our nutrition is is not as good as it used to be Mm. because we're eating a lot of processed stuff. You know, we're not eating fresh food every meal anymore you know and the the food is certainly not coming straight mm. out of the ground and it's you know it's uh it's just not as high quality high it's not as highly bioavailable as it used to be you know and then on top of all of that we are all and this is the one that i've never met anyone who can say that they're not uh, uh, unless you're living on a remote isolated island somewhere you're not getting high quality sleep anymore i'm sorry if you're exposing yourself to blue lights during the day especially after the sun goes down at night if you're eating after the sun goes down at night which 90 percent of the world's population do then you're not getting high quality sleep and that's where your factory where your supplement factory goes to work producing all these minerals enzymes proteins vitamins at night Mm. So you're not, you know, the, you know the, the the latest research and data com- that's come out of um, uh, the Salk Institute in California has suggested that if you've got anything passing through your digestive tract at night, meaning if you've eaten uh, within two hours, two to three hours of going to bed, which most of us do, or drunk fluid other than water within two to three hours, which most of us do, we have wine or beer at night or whatever else you like to do, then you're completely shutting down your body's ability to produce these um, these minerals and vitamins and things like that. So, yeah, guys, there's a lot more people out there that qu- would fall into the br- group of um, would would benefit from taking nutrition supplements than, than they think, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that most of us do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, the... Uh, well, Lee's saying, I wish my hubby could hear your knowledge about supplements and diet, etc. He can. You can replay this to him. But the problem is you can uh, only lead a horse to water. The horse has to drink it. So that's the problem. Yeah. Um, and Adam's saying finding high-quality supplements in America is hard too. Yeah, look, I, I can't. It's very uh, true. It's very true. In America, your supplement industry is governed by the food industry, which means that they don't have to have on in the pill what it actually says the pill has in it in australia we're very fortunate that our um supplement well, there's industry not as a stri- there's not as a strict and stringent um uh testing criteria yeah things don't have to be um tested so heavily and meet such a high stringent standard yeah. it's not it's not about late i don't think it's as it's much about labeling it's more about the testing yeah. um and yeah right and all of that in, and in australia everything comes from um uh, we've been told again. We've been told this by very good authority by um, a friend of Yanni's, who's one of the leading cardiologists in Australia. 
um, Dr. Ross Walker, and it, this is where we got this from. We didn't get this from the media. We didn't get it from somebody told us. We got it straight from the horse's mouth. He said that all Australian supplements are made in the same three factories, um, and then they just go off to the, the brands. The brands will buy their vitamin C from wherever, and then they put them in the tablets. So the only thing you really look for in Australia is the quantity of the, the active uh, ingredient, um, versus what you spend on it. Well, yeah. the other thing is that it's all governed by the pharmaceutical industry in Australia, so that has to meet pharmaceutical grade, grade yeah. stringent standards. Yeah. So, so anything that says pharmaceutical grade supplements and it's yeah. Australian, it's all pharmaceutical grade. Yeah. It doesn't need everything to say that is, on it. <laughs> yeah, everything is. I, so, I I use Swiss vitamins because I really like I like the company. Uh, Ross uh, was involved in their sort of bullshit testing, their research standards testing for a while. And um, and they're one of the cheapest on the market. You know? Sharon, I'm going to have to disagree with Yanni on this one. Sharon's saying 22% body fat isn't that much for a woman, or is it? Um, I don't want to get into a debate about this because we are not fat loss experts. But my memory of when we were doing all of our DEXA scans, I remember them telling us that 10% more for a woman would be like what it is for a man. So a man being 10% would be like a woman being 20%. Do you not remember hearing that? Yeah. Which would mean that 22% for a woman isn't that high. No, it's, so it's, it's okay, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would say more for a woman. Like, so for a healthy range for a man, it, it depends on the age and it, it, it increases as you get older, but somebody about our age, about 40, healthy range is about 8% to 18%. But bear in mind that... You know, you might be 18%, you might be in that healthy range, but what we consider healthy, I, I, that is right up on the upper end. I would consider yeah. healthy for a man my age to be between 8% and 13%, 14%. Um, above 14%, you, you are starting to get a, a little bit overweight compared to what a fit person is like. So for a woman, we should clarify here, for a woman, the healthy range would be, uh, sorry, getting to that higher end, what Yanni's saying, being putting you in that overweight category is probably more like about 30%, yeah. 30% body fat for a woman look we're pretty brutal with what with uh, our body composition standards because the reality is is that the the standards have been dulled down dramatically to a declining health society yeah. and um, yeah, it's really and sad. all of the markers of, of health are being like the the markers are just getting lower and lower and lower yeah. because it costs governments more and more and more to keep people in those healthy ranges the the further we go down this pathway um, i don't think that that's the right option i i don't think lowering the standards it, it continually lowering the standards is the right option and we're now experiencing that you know we're so fragile and this virus that's spreading and and having to shut down the global economy is a direct indication of our, our bloody fragility you know, yep. um, if we were all uh, really conscious of our health and we were all in the healthy, well and truly in the healthy ranges, not just just making a benchmark of shitty standard, yep. then we wouldn't be so susceptible to all dying at the moment. You know, yep. Yep, um, that's right. I, I, I feel really strongly about that. So yep. sorry if I offend anyone. Um, yeah. All right, well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, we have to go now. We've, we're, we are over time, but we will see you again tomorrow at 7 a.m. for the Horizontal Push Workout. We're doing some really cool new movements, Horizontal Push and Pull, actually. We've got pull patterns this month as well. And, um, yeah, we'll yeah, see you tomorrow. Have a great see day. See you, guys. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, that's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity.
There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.